0: What would you do for your loved ones? Would you give up all your beliefs to protect them? Would you give up your own life for them? Would you give up your legacy for them? Or would you put yourself and the legacy you created first? It is the life of a woman from Mayo which answers these questions for us. This is her story. In 1530, in what today is known as County Mayo, a child was born. Her name was Grace O'Malley. The Ireland she was born into was a very different land to the one we trod on today. The King of England, Henry VIII, held the title Lord of Ireland. Her father was the head of the O'Malley clan and the Celtic ruler of the Mayo area. His name was Owen O'Malley. Owen, like many of the other leaders of the Celtic Irish, ruled his lands with little interference from the Crown of England. The Irish were seen as an ancient wild people who could not be tamed, nor did they show any desire to be tamed. The Irish were just another cog in the growing empire to be exploited for resources gathered by a dispensable people. The O'Malis were people of the sea. They lived as part of the ocean and land was simply somewhere for them to store their tradable items. They controlled much of Mayo and on the western front of Ireland they built a row of castles protecting Ireland from invaders and monsters coming from the sea. In Owen's time as clan leader, however, danger came from the east. As Grace entered the world, the Tudor conquest of Ireland had begun. Having been under English lordship for over 400 years, the Earl of Kildare, a man known as Silken Thomas, but christened Thomas Fitzgerald, rose up and led a rebellion against the foreign crown. Grace, from a very young age, wanted to learn the ways of her people. She regularly pestered her father to let her join him on one of his trading ships to Spain. He told her he could not take her, as her hair was too long and could get stuck in the ropes. Grace, in her first act of rebellion, cut off all her hair and waited at the boats for her father to take her across the sea. In order to be able to speak with the traders, Grace learnt the common tongue of Latin and became fluent, often being the spokesperson for her father's trading missions before she had reached her teenage years. As the Tudor conquest of Ireland roared through the lands on the east of the island, and the blood of Gaelic Ireland was being spilt at a rapid speed and draining into the roots of the trees, Grace was married off to Donal O'Flaherty or second-in-command to the O'Flaherty clan. The marriage strengthened both clans as the O'Malley chieftain's daughter had now married into a very powerful family. Donal was the heir of the Connemara area. Together they had three children, Owen, Maeve and Moro. Donal was known to be a man with a fiery temper, but one which was surpassed by the temper of his wife. Frustrated by the activities of the English, the O'Malley's began taxing any English ship which entered their watery kingdom. Each ship captain was given two options if met by one of O'Malley's ships, pay or die. The O'Malis became known as merciless towards the English ships, often taking little pity on the cries for mercy should taxes not be paid. As his wife held most of the western lands and seas, Donal sought to expand his lands into the east. In doing so, he began to attract the attention of the English crown, who was making its way west. They saw that some of the Gaelic-Irish were not keen on negotiating, so instead developed a system of divide and conquer. Knowing the hot-tempered nature of the Irish clan leaders and their self-pride, the English knew if they could turn the Irish on each other, then they would just need to pick up the pieces afterwards in order to achieve dominance. They made a deal with the head of the O'Flahertys. the deal being that the head of the O'Flahertys would be granted an overlordship of Connacht in exchange for his loyalty. Donal, furious that they had submitted without a fight, began raising an army to go and forcibly question this agreement. He and Grace saw the deal as being born of greed and for the safety of cowards. As they marched their army to confront those who had benefited by turning the people of the west of Ireland into subjects of a foreign crown, they met with the Joyce family. The Joyce's were out to try and gain as much land as they could when the English weren't looking, and when they saw Donal's army coming they didn't pause to ask questions. Donal was killed in the unnecessary battle. When Grace learned of his death, Ireland for the first time saw the wrath of the scorned woman. She gathered a select group of soldiers and under the cloak of darkness they raided the Joyce's land, killing the leaders of the clan herself. Under Gaelic law she was unable to inherit anything from the death of Donal and was forced to return to Mayo where she settled near Clare Island. The law only prevented her from inheriting from him She was allowed to own her own property, lead her own armies and boats. She built three galleys and a number of smaller boats. She put fishermen and men of war on each of them. She became involved with another sailor briefly, only to find him killed by the McMahons. She again sought vengeance and in the MacMahon castle of Duna she earned the name the Dark Lady of Duna for the horrors she inflicted on them in revenge. She decided, like her ancestors, she was to be the queen of the land and the sea. In doing so, she began invading other lands by boat and raiding for all forms of wealth. She became feared by the English and Irish alike for the brutality shown by those who followed her into battle. To them, she became known as the Pirate Queen of Connacht. Anyone who got in her way was shown no mercy and violence was met with violence. She was known to have attacked settlements in Donegal, Waterford and Hoth. She became a legend amongst the dead and the living. Nightly fears swept across the British Isles, that the pirate Grace would visit you at night and by morning you would no longer be in the realm of the living. As the legends grew, so too did the fear of Grace. Those fearing her raids wondered if she was even human, was she from another world which had been opened due to the horrors of the Tudor Conquest, had evil borne evil into the world? Still aggrieved by the murder of her former lover, she returned to Duna Castle to take the lives of those who stood to inherit most from her revenge killings. When she stormed the castle, she found the people there in prayer. This was not to stop her, as she pierced her sword through anyone she could find. When she discovered the last remaining person alive who had locked themselves into the sanctuary of the castle, Grace waited outside until the person starved to death. A man called Iron Richard Burke began to become infatuated with Grace and proposed marriage to her. The marriage didn't last too long as Grace lost interest in Richard. For show though, they did appear at events together. Apparently, this was Grace's idea to retain her power over his people, and he dared not question her. Richard first saw the ferocity of his wife when she gave birth to their only child, Tibbet Nalong. Tibbet was born late on a dark, cold and damp night on one of Grace's galley ships. As she was recovering from giving birth the following morning, Algerian pirates attacked the ship. Not one to shy from battle, Grace wrapped the child in a blanket and tied it to her back. She then fought off the pirates from boarding her ship. While she was at sea, Connacht was given a new ruler by the Crown of England. Lord Deputy Sir Henry Sidney visited the province as he was tasked to begin a taxation system on the chieftains, demanding that they pay rents for the lands they already owned. On his trip, he met Grace, who agreed to show him her defences of the seas and the west of Ireland. For this, she charged him a fee. In his reports back, he mentioned her army was now 200 men strong, and not one of them feared death. He also noted that she was the woman the coasts of Ireland feared. When Grace was caught going to plunder the Desmonds, she was arrested, as pirate-like behaviour was no longer acceptable in England's Ireland. She was held for three years until used in a prisoner trade. Upon her release, she was attacked by another sea fighter, Captain Martin. Such was the fight put up by Grace and her men that Martin is noted as being lucky to escape alive. English rule continued to pour across the country as more and more chieftains fell to the power of the crown. In 1584, Sir Richard Bingham was made the provincial mayor of Connacht. In his early days in power, he realised Grace must be dealt with. In his own words, he believed that the Irish were never tamed by words but by swords. He used his position to again divide and conquer in order to rule. Through the help of Grace's son, Morrow, he managed to trick her eldest son, Owen, into captivity, and then tortured and murdered him. He then gave his power to Morrow, turning Grace against him forever. When Owen's lands were seized, Grace started a rebellion against the English rulers. When her plot was discovered, she fled to Ulster for safety. While she was away, her youngest son, Tibbet Nalong, attempted a rebellion of his own in her name, but he was not the warrior his mother was, and he lost her entire fleet and was forced to submit to English rule. Grace appealed directly to Queen Elizabeth I for her freedom to return home. She also appealed for the Crown to permit her some lands and an income to make up for what was stolen from her. As her letter made its way to Elizabeth, Tibbet once again became involved in rebellion which was led in secrecy by the Earl of Tyrone. He was caught, imprisoned and charged with treason. Fearing his execution, Grace, for the first time in her life, sought mercy. With nothing left to lose, she took the risk of going to see Elizabeth herself, ahead of her letter to make a case for her youngest. Bingham, hearing of her efforts, having used one of her sons against the other, now wrote to the Crown seeking her execution. She was unaware of this until she arrived in London. She was placed in a courtroom where she told her life story. It was this appearance that granted her a meeting with the Queen at Greenwich Palace. The meeting did not start well, as Grace refused to bow to a queen she did not recognise as the Queen of Ireland. She was also found to have a hidden dagger on her person and had planned to use it if she had gotten close enough. She explained that this was actually for her own safety and it was taken from her and the two were seated at a distance under the watchful eye of the Queen's guards with swords drawn at the ready. The conversation which took place took place in Latin, as Grace did not speak English, nor did Elizabeth speak Irish. The two came to the agreement that Bingham would lose all his power as long as Grace would submit to the crown and not support any further rebellions. Having saved her son and sacrificed her beliefs, Grace from there led a melancholic life. She passed away in 1603, dying as one of the last great earls of Ireland. The music for this episode was written, performed and produced by myself, Ryan O'Halloran. The story was researched and scripted by Oren. If you want to help to support this podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash we the Irish. Ryan Isanam Dunn, Gurv Mahakut,